Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake. The only show focused on Office 365 development, where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Okay, and welcome to episode 41. Um, we've got a cool show here. We're actually going to have both myself and Rich um, interview Toby Inski. So, um, Welcome back to the show, Rich. Hey, thanks for uh, having me again. How are you going coming back from Sydney? You stay, you went to Melbourne for a bit after we left, didn't you? I did, and I, I think my travel schedule's been so crazy and exhausting the last few weeks that uh, I kind of made me adjust easy. So it hasn't been too bad uh, adjusting to any sort of jet lag. You, you haven't had any like day down and naps yet? Uh, not yet, not yet. But uh, the, Australia was awesome, man. I, I can't... Uh, say enough about the hospitality of the sub over there and all the attendees. I mean, they just, I'm not going to compare countries, but uh, those guys really had, you know, really good questions for us, had great audience. Yeah, no, it was exciting to see how they all kind of got on with it all and um, the questions we got. And um, and what's been really neat as well is that the conversations are continuing on the Yammer network. So um, it's good to see the excitement of these guys kind of digging in. Now we've shown them what they can do with it. That's right. Yeah, good stuff. And um, so this week, it's been a little bit quiet, actually, on the blogosphere. Um, it's kind of the usual suspects. I guess we'll start with um, Vesa, who um, has basically summarized where the patterns and practices posse, shall we say, are going to be for the next few weeks. So we've kind of ramped off of Office 365 summits now, but we've got the SharePoint Evolution Conference in London, uh, while my, myself and Vesa have, where we've got a bunch of kind of transformation topics we're talking around moving SharePoint full trust code solutions to uh, the SharePoint app model and um, a branding discussion. And um, then we've got a whole day workshop, which is free for any of the attendees of SharePoint Evolutions to to get to, which we're doing on a Thursday. So I'm kind of looking forward to um, talking to that event in London. And then uh, I'll be flying to San Francisco and uh, so will Vesa, where we'll be talking at Build. And we've got a, another session that Vesa and Steve are going to be talking on on that topic. And then the week after that, straight away, is uh, in Chicago, which is the big Ignite event. And um, we've got about five or six sessions there and the patterns and practices stuff. So it's great to get that much representation at these events talking about um, the transformation. But I think what we're trying to be clear about with the patterns and practices is not just about the transformation. It's also about kind of good patterns around the app model and Office 365 and, and so forth. And I know Todd, who we're going to be interviewing today, has done a bunch of work for us around the patterns and practice with some new kind of articles that we've got in the pnp-guidance repo in github.com slash office dev. And the first thing you've done, uh, that Todd's done uh, around kind of the, the themes and how the best practices are there and site provisioning and site columns and content types with the app model and remote timer jobs with the app model. And some of them, we already had like samples and scenarios and solutions that we'd build out. But really what these articles do is kind of document in a, in a much deeper way explanations around those things. Because the feedback we got was the samples are great, but we needed a kind of a way to explain that. And what we're going to be doing with those is they'll they'll live and be maintained in GitHub, but we'll actually publish those things as MSDN articles as well. So when you go to dev.office.com slash patterns and practices, you'll actually see that we'll link to those guidance things in both MSDN and GitHub depending on whether you want the latest and greatest or the monthly push that we do to MSDN. So there's some really great content there that we're getting created to 
kind of assist in those things, which is which is nice. And again, we'll be talking about a lot of this stuff at Ignite and Build. And then, Rich, do you want to cover the post from Kirk? Yeah, uh, I will. But, you know, first, you know, I think what's cool about the PNP stuff is we're starting, you know, it started as like this grassroots effort within Microsoft. And what's cool is to see it spreading out outside of Microsoft. It's really become this great, rich community where we have, you know, MVPs and, you know, just general contributors to that effort. So, you know, Todd, obviously, you know, he's a, you know, an MVP and a great contributor in the community. And, you know, he's being very active. Some of the speakers that we have um, at conferences like Ignite, it's not just Microsoft people getting up and preaching these patterns, it's actual community contributors. And I think that's a a really cool, um, you know, thing to see. So Kirk Evans, who is kind of a, a pretty much a regular in terms of his his contributions, always putting out amazing stuff. And one of the things Kirk did a while back was built a, a an extension in Fiddler to be able to kind of sniff around and debug some of the tokens that get passed around during some of the OAuth processes with SharePoint and Azure AD. I don't know about about you, but Fiddler is one of those tools that I live in. I, it almost stays up all the time. In fact. One of these days, I feel like it's going to run out of buffer space and just like crash my machine because I, I leave it so often, I leave it up so often. But you know, if you're doing things around auth and around our you know different types of app models, this is really I think a, a crucial tool for you to go and and grab. You know, understanding the the dance that we take uh, to get different things like. Uh, authorization codes and refresh tokens and the different grant types, I think are are really critical to understand to really be a good app developer. And the tools that, that Kirk has written to, to plug into Fiddler and be able to easily inspect those, I think is, is a, a really handy tool. So it's cool to see him making additional updates to that and, and uh, putting a post together on how you can find it and install it and use it. Yeah, I mean, Fiddler's saved my bacon so many times in the past when I'm debugging stuff, especially where we have some scenarios right now where it's a little bit trickier to debug, um, like when we're building um, Inside Outlook where you know seeing what's going on between the two moving parts is, is a lot easier to kind of inspect in Fiddler. But I think the other big one is definitely just OAuth in general, being able to dig into the JOT tokens really easily and see whether you are getting the claims through that you need and if you're not, you know, to kind of then troubleshoot why you're not. So I'm kind of glad that um, Kirk's doing that stuff, which I guess is related to his role in the Azure Center of Excellence. And the funniest thing with Kirk is out of all the Americans that I know, he's always the one that makes me laugh the most with some of these sayings. You know, the YOL is obviously quite key, you know popular in, in that area of the world, although you don't seem to say it too much. Rich, I, I can't believe it hasn't picked up because uh, yeah, you, you kind of purposely hold off from that, right? Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a lot of other sayings he does, and we've had him on the show a few times. And he just cracks me up with some of the ways he kind of talks about things, and I'm, I know people will laugh at the way I talk sometimes, but for me, he's like the the opposite of me in terms of that reaction. You know what? So besides Fiddler, one of the tools that like I idolize Kirk for his like proficiency in. Have you ever seen that guy use Zoomit? I was going to say his Zoomit skills are insane. Yeah, I, I just like, I feel like I'm pretty good, but then I see Kirk do a presentation and I'm like, wow. I mean, that takes it to a whole new level. Yeah, it's like he's at one with Zoomit. Although I, there was a few people recently that were like, how are you doing that? And they didn't know what tools we were using. So if you haven't seen Zoomit, definitely go and, and grab it. It was written by Mark Rosinovich before he, I think, believe before he was, 
his company was acquired by Microsoft, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I didn't know. I didn't know that Mark was the originator of it. I just know I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you go to, it's hosted on TechNet on the TechNet page, and um, yeah, he was the uh, author of that and a bunch of other tools that Sys Internals have built. I mean, I can't present without it. It's a great way of being able to zoom in, or even if you don't zoom in, you just want to narrate over the top of the page. It's great for those kind of things as well. Yeah. And then the other post, which is really exciting, and this was based on a lot of community demand, well, actually more from an ISV side, actually, was um, a bunch of our internal engineering teams kind of got together and built a, um, a Windows app that populates your Office 365 developer tenant with a bunch of sample content inside contacts, mails, calendar events, um, OneDrive for business, and a bunch of other bits and pieces. So what it means is if you want to kind of run an app and you want some sample data in there, this this app, you can just download the sample from GitHub, pull it down and um, go help the lever on it and populate your tenant. So it's a good basis to actually see what code's being used against the Office 365 APIs as well to do that. Yeah, we've had a, internally uh, for both Microsoft employees and partners, we've had a site for a long time. It's microsoftofficedemos.com where you could go generate a lot of these things. And Sometimes I'd want more granular ability. I might want to just generate some files in OneDrive or do like one specific thing. And, and they're taking a lot of the, the great lessons learned of, of cranking out these really complete, it's like a full company once it's done um, and being able to like kind of take little nuggets of that and be able to put it in your tenant, which is super helpful if you're, you know, debugging and trying to test different scenarios. So that's really cool to, to see them make available. Yeah, and actually on another note, um, before we start talking to Todd, the other thing that the PMP group announced with their latest release was the, um, the new uh, provisioning schema project, kind of the bunch of the guys, including Wick Willen, who's um, you know very well-respected dev, MVP, MCM, Essentially, they're building out this XML schema that will allow you to iterate through the XML schema and, and, and populate your tenant that way. So whereas that sample project is more about adding data in, this one's more about building out and fleshing out kind of more complex SharePoint scenarios all the way down to provisioning lists and libraries with various columns and content types. So I'm really excited to see that. It was a project I worked on long, long time ago, 2007 actually. I dug it up to see when it was, the SP source code sample that I, I, I did back in Australia where we were doing uh, kind of reverse engineering lists and libraries and then generating the list schema, which proved quite difficult because the list schema XML was horrible. And eventually I kind of canned that project because it was easier to just use managed code and then provision lists on the fly rather than kind of reverse engineer in that way. So this is kind of taking a different approach again, which is like build your XML schema, which is a, a custom schema and then spin through it and there's an engine that reads the XML and then goes away and creates all those those artifacts within your tenant. So that's going to come in really useful for building out intranets or you know custom demo scenarios. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where that project goes. So um, we'll um, jump into it, otherwise we'll end up talking forever on this stuff. But um, Todd, I know you've been very quiet in the background as we've talked about all that work you've been doing on PMP. Uh, welcome to the show. It's taken way too long to get you on here. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here uh, with you guys today. So um, I, I'll announce all you know to the listeners that uh, I've been working with Todd pretty much since I joined the team last March, and uh, his nickname is Teabag, uh, Todd Baginski. And so if you hear me call him Teabag in the show, that's because we talk on the phone pretty much every other day. So um, I'm just going to you know not apologize for that at all now. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and so, Todd, how would these guys, uh, how would they have heard of you in the past? How long have you been in the industry? How long have you worked with 
Microsoft and Office and, and where are you based? Uh, I'm based in Colorado right now, but shortly be moving back to Ohio my, and my hometown uh, near Cincinnati. And I've been working with SharePoint since 2002. I was working with it in the beta of SharePoint Server 2003 and for a large construction company that creates uh, single-family homes uh, in Denver at the time. And we created a portal that was mobile-enabled, actually, all the way back in 2003, so that the folks who were actually building the houses at the company, instead of having a whole ton of different paper and fax machines in the trailers out on the job site, they could store all of their information related to house plans and inspections and everything that goes along with the home building process inside of a SharePoint portal. And so I was lucky enough to work with the folks on the SharePoint team at that time because we were in the beta and Microsoft wanted to help us succeed on that project. And so established a lot of my relationships with um, some folks on the SharePoint team way back then. And that really led the way into me creating a developer course for SharePoint. And so for a while, a year or two, I was the only one in the industry teaching SharePoint development course and traveling around the world to teach people how to develop on top of SharePoint as a platform. And uh, eventually I got out of that business and moved into consulting with it. And that's what I continue to do today. And a lot of the work that I do, as you mentioned, is with you guys helping people understand the right way to build things with SharePoint and creating demos and code samples and articles to really spread the word on the right way to go about it. And uh, when I'm not working on things like that for you guys, I'm working on helping other clients do the exact same things and build real-world line of business systems on top of SharePoint and Office 365. Yeah, I think every time I've seen you present at the conference since I started coming over internationally when I was in Australia, You've pretty much always had your arm in plaster. <laughs> I play a lot of sports. I get, I get hurt. <laughs> so you're, you're a hockey nut, and unfortunately, you're a Devils fan. Oh, you're going to go there, aren't you? <laughs> and, and I might mention, what was the score on Sunday, fella? Uh, I think it was 5-1. Yeah. And who, who, who beat you guys? Oh, the New York Rangers. <laughs> We get another shot at you tonight, though. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm actually going to leave work early today to go and watch that game in a bar. I'm from Texas. What is this hockey game you guys <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a bunch of the audience that outside of the US and Canada that has no clue what it is either. Uh, the, the greatest uh, American-born uh, hockey player ever, Mike Madano, right? Yeah, they have these big clubs, Rich, and they hit this big disc thing on the ice. There's ice. I don't know that we even have that in Texas. So, so you're saying, Todd? Or by the way, the so you were building basically like construction management way back in 2002 against SharePoint. Yeah, I mean, it almost it sounds a little bit similar to property inspection in a way. <laughs> way back in 2002. You know what? That, that's funny that you draw that parallel. I hadn't thought of that before. Ours was more of the how do you build it scenario. Uh, with home construction and this sample for the property inspector is more about okay something is built and you have a company to manage that property 
And this line of business system supports a company who would manage properties and inspect them and repair them. So you're going to have a whole suite of apps after this that include all the <laughs> way back into that module. You're just going to have to have, to have some people on legacy SharePoint, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think code convergence might be a little hard between the two. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so we've, we've been working on a bunch of stuff together. But I think that the, uh, other than the PMP stuff we just mentioned, which we're working on actively, um, for Ignite and Build and the rest of the, our financial year. The the big one has really been that the property inspector project. And I guess um, from my perspective, the reason we wanted to build this was we wanted the big hero demo that would cater and allow us to keep growing this idea of being able to leverage all the different building blocks that we have in an Office 365 developer story. And um, I guess the first rev of that, do you want to kind of explain what we build out for, for TechEd Europe? Yeah, sure. In the first rev of that, back in October, I think, maybe even September last year. And in the first rev, we have a My App, it was called at the time. I've also heard them referred to as Office 365 apps nowadays, but essentially an ASP.NET application, uh, in our case, running in Azure. And that ASP.NET application is used by the folks at the property inspector uh, inspection company to schedule inspections, to look at the results of inspections for the properties they manage, and also to look at incidents that are reported during those inspections and then assign those incidents for, for repair and give the repair personnel the appropriate information they need to conduct that repair. And in addition to the website portion of the application, we have all the different mobile pieces. So we have two mobile apps. One mobile app is for the inspectors to use in the field, and they can use that to locate the property they need to inspect and to go conduct the inspection and take pictures of it and make notes about it and submit that. And then we also have the mobile apps that are for the repair personnel as well. So the repair personnel can take the mobile app into the field at the inspection, look at the notes from the inspector as well as the dispatcher to see what they need to repair, uh, go and proceed to do the repair and then take pictures of the repair and type up some more notes to say how they accomplished that repair and submit that back into the system. And at that point, the dispatcher would jump back into the ASP.NET web app and evaluate the repair and approve it. And then theoretically, the repair person would be paid for their time at that point. And those mobile apps, boy, we made a lot of them, didn't we? Yeah, I think one of the big things we wanted to do was we didn't want to just pick one platform. And Richard obviously is, Rich, I mean, you've been, I mean, what are the options there if we were building mobile apps against Office 365 APIs? What's what's not an option? Yeah. I mean, we basically have SDKs natively for every platform. Plus we have, you know, a lot of the popular cross-platform things like Cordova, PhoneGap, uh, Xamarin. So can kind of do it with just about anything. Yeah. And do that we did <laughs> and continue to do it in the sample. We have the native iOS version of the application written in Objective-C. We have the native Android version written in Java. We have the Cordova version, which targets Android, Windows Phone, and Windows tablet devices, uh, as well as iOS and Android. And then we also created the Xamarin version, and we targeted the Xamarin version at Android. So 
pretty much every SDK you just mentioned, we put the use and used it to interact with SharePoint and authenticate to Azure Active Directory and to do things with uh, Exchange Online as well. What was your, just out of curiosity, total, like, like just like your opinion, but what was your, of all those different mobile platforms, what was your, uh, I guess, the, the one you enjoyed working with the most in, in terms of the ease of, of working with our APIs? Good question there. I think... See, it was a trick question. The, the real answer was, they're all incredibly easy to work with our APIs. <laughs> you know, th th that's where I was going to go, because once you overcome the learning curves associated with Objective-C and Xcode when it comes to iOS development, and you become familiar with Eclipse or Android Studio and Java, and most people already know HTML and JavaScript for Cordova, and Xamarin is just .NET, at the end of the day, the APIs are all the same pretty much, the different syntax, but you perform the same operations in the same order. You pass mostly the same arguments to those APIs to interact with those services. And once you write one, it's just a matter of setting up your environment and development environment for the next one and moving on and creating the next one. I think that's the, the same impression that I've gotten from, I think, there's probably only like a dozen people in the world that have probably built with our APIs across all the different platforms. And how shocked I was, was it is, it's like almost identical, right? If you're working with SharePoint, you mm -hmm. get a SharePoint client object and you say, you know, client.getfiles.fetch or something like that. I mean, but it's, it's pretty consistent across all of those to where I felt like other than, like you said, getting over the hump of, you know, learning Swift or, you know, Java, uh, it was pretty similar to actually work with the APIs. Yep. Yeah, there's certainly a learning curve with those IDEs. And I must admit, even in QAing the work that Teabag was doing so I could demo what we've been doing, I guess the biggest problem I had was just like installing the IDEs, getting them configured and um, understanding the notions that, you know, are slightly different. Like they all have their own kind of skew of what NuGet is and exactly um, how they work with source code. And it was just kind of getting your head around all that stuff. Yeah. You remember some of those calls we had back? Oh, yeah. There was, I'm like, <laughs> I am so grateful for Visual Studio is, yep. is often my response. How do I add CocoaPods to the project, Todd? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But when, yeah, once you get over the hump with that, though, they're all pretty simple. And the nice part about the property inspection sample is that in the README for it, although it's an extensive and very long README, we spell out how to integrate all those APIs into each one of those different platforms. And then I guess you know the benefit that we see from, from actually doing all of that work is that when people want a reference implementation, like they've seen us demo it um, in, a, in a keynote or a kickoff session, they can kind of jump in and go and grab that source code have a look just in, in kind of GitHub at the code, or if they really want, they can basically follow the setup instructions and, and kind of build those things out in their own, um, against their own uh, tenants. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I just testament to the work that you guys have done, like the, the README instructions for getting the Office 365 web application running and, and, and getting the Android applications up and running or the iOS applications and, and likewise has been really easy to follow because you've taken a lot of the pain out of it by automating a lot of the installation instructions. Yeah, that, that you know, that's been one of the the, the funnest parts actually of, of working on this project with you has been, we're not just making a hello world demo 
that calls an API when you click a button and you go, okay, look, wait, there it is. There's your code sample. And, and, you know, instead, this is a this could really be downloaded and used by a property inspection company right now. And in addition to the fact that it's a real-world application going way beyond Hello World, we've used all the patterns that we always advocate people use to build things, the, the same exact patterns that we see in the Office 365 pattern and practice work. And so you're getting really almost, you know, as close as you can get to production grade quality. And one of those patterns we used was the remote provisioning pattern such that in that ASP.NET application, you just click a few buttons on a few different pages after you have your, your variables configured in the web config. And everything happens under the hood. We create SharePoint site collection, add content types, site columns, lists, workflows, sample data, etc. So it, it's a really good example of it. Yeah, like AD users and groups. There's, there's a bunch of stuff, right? That's right. We're creating AD users and groups and putting the users in the groups uh, automatically and just taking care of all the busy work that you have to do to deploy such a solution. Right. And I think what we've what the, the, the other benefit we've been seeing is, is that people have seen this in the keynote, they've downloaded it, and they go back and they show their bosses or their, their sponsors that have got the the purses that were to do custom development in their org and they're demonstrating this app in that scenario to them and it's something that we're all familiar with right i mean we all in our time rented a house we didn't just go and go and buy a house when we left uh, uh left our parents so people understand about inspections and things get broken and you know this this benefit that not everyone is going to be on a laptop and that people are on mobile devices so it's it's a really compelling um scenario and, and i think you know as we keep iterating on it, it'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger in terms of what we leverage within the platform. Definitely. That's one of the neatest things about it, like uh, Rich mentioned earlier too, the fact that it's not just one sample that worked with one version of SharePoint, but it's going to keep evolving so that as new APIs and functionality is added, they get plugged in. As new patterns become available and are recommended, old patterns that may not be recommended anymore will be removed and the new patterns will be put in. And so it'll always be up to date and a fantastic reference to help people get up and running and building the same type of thing in their org. Yeah, and I think the, the, the cool part about that is is that as you know, we go to the announcement to build and ignite this year on what we, we've done in the last six months, really since TechEd Europe. We'll have a bunch of stuff already there ready, which you're working on right now, which we can't talk about because we don't want to kind of save the surprise for that event. Mm -hmm. But it's great to be able to kind of just keep building on top of this hero demo with stuff as we as we release it at these kind of these major folds within our uh, engineering release cycles. It really is. And it, as you and I have discussed about how we plug the new pieces of functionality into the demo, there's been more than one time when light bulbs have gone on for both of us and said, wow, look at this. Look how powerful this really is to build a line of business app now and how little code you have to write compared to what you used to have to write to build the same thing. And um, Rich, you know, from that perspective, I know you kind of do a, a bunch of demos for different bits and pieces, but um, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I think as, as we evolve, we're going to be kind of leveraging this more and more um, as we go out to customers, right? Yeah, you know, uh, from my perspective, being a developer, you know, I, I look at the things, you know, there's a lot of what I would consider 
commodity things or kind of cookie cutter type of things that Office 365 offers. And to me, that's the software as a service thing, right? I, can, I have file storage, I have mail, I have, you know, video um, delivery. And I've always tried to go in when I t talk with customers is really plug the ability of using it as a platform. And so, you know, being able to you know, show this full suite of things. I mean, imagine going to a real property management organization and talking to them about 365 when you have, you know, this amazing suite of applications that's tailored to their business. It really becomes line of business at that point. Mm -hmm. And so just because this is property management, you know, when we go talk to someone in oil and gas or in financial services, I mean, we can apply those same concepts and, and really deliver some amazing things quickly. And that's what I love going to talk to customers about. Yeah, I think that that notion of the building blocks is just going to keep growing and growing as we build these other railed experiences in, like that video portal, like the groups functionality. I think that's really exciting as well. Once we start getting some of those dev hooks in there, you know, it isn't just about SharePoint anymore. And I think the cool thing about that Sydney summit, Rich, was everyone was really excited about the office scenarios around like Outlook and Word and PowerPoint and Excel. Once we showed that clause manager, which I do need to get a video up online so that people can see it. But I think it's just expanding that horizon on where you can add your business solutions. And Todd, like, you know, we've added the Outlook add-in as part of this as well, right? Mm -hmm. We have the Mail app for Office as part of this. this. is just a great example of another way to extend the line of business system and make it easier for users to do their job and have contextual information about the process they're working on right there inside of their email. So that's definitely a big part of the property management. Well, not no, it's not a big part. It's a, it's a small part, but it plays a big role when it comes to helping people do their job easier by having less things to go hunt down and having information at their fingertips at all times. Yeah, I think you know, the, 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 in the keynote in Sydney, the big thing I kind of talked about was this context switching. You know, like five years ago, you would have sent an email with a property ID number in it or had a hyperlink in the email that you click on it and open another browser window. And, you know, then you'd have to sign in to that application that you've launched. Whereas, you know, with that Outlook app it, in, inside the kind of the, the mail context, you, you just open the mail and that will appear and you'll be signed in and it will immediately show you that property information without even having to leave Outlook. It's very nice. You know, one of the other things uh, related to what you said about losing context, signing in over and over, how about how wonderful the uh, application model is when you are signing in via Azure Active Directory credentials that we get the login form for us every time built. And it's a consistent login experience, and you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to configure auth on many different systems. You don't, uh, like you do uh, in the past with this type of development, you don't have to figure out how to log in differently from iOS app versus Cordova app versus Android app versus Windows app. It's just the same. Like Rich said before, you just call the API and boom, yeah. there's your login page. And now we're past the login process and we can actually start building the app. Yeah, and I think there is a little bit of overhead there with the Azure AD like learning curve with the management portal and creating those apps or using Visual Studio to create them. Like, Is there any tips you've got based on your learning curve in that aspect of it? Hmm. Tips related to that. I think one tip would be just, just plan yourself 
maybe give yourself a half day just to go read about it. You know, starting with the property inspector is a great way to to start learning about that. Um, I also recently published an article on the IT Unity website, which talks about uh, the Azure Active Directory applications and the logging in and getting started with that type of development. And just giving yourself some time to wrap your head around uh, how the Azure Active Directory application works, how it's configured, how it provides you authentication and authorization. Get a good understanding of that and then move forward into your development cycle instead of just starting with the code right off the bat. One of the, I'd say one of the tips I have from doing a lot of like native mobile apps is all those can share the same app ID, right? If, if you were building a whole suite of apps, mm -hmm. you, you could really just register one application. One of the great things about Azure is you can specify separate redirects, multiple redirect URLs, which is kind of the typical thing you need to know off. So you can, you don't have to go and have, if, actually, if you look at my Azure management portal, it's embarrassing how many apps I have in there, but <laughs> a lot of that's from doing demos. But you know, you can reuse a lot of those things. That's a real good point. You know, and in the property inspection sample, we actually demonstrate how to create more than one because we create one app for the ASP.NET web app. We create another app for the iOS inspection app and another for the iOS repair app. And then we looked at it and went, okay, we have to add the Cordova and the Xamarin and the Android versions of these apps as well. And at that point, we decided not to keep creating new additional AAD apps. And it's right there in the instructions in the README, actually, for the property management installation. Uh, it mentions how we reuse them, just like you're saying. That makes life easy as a developer, doesn't it? Because then you know you've got that same that that same GUID for your your client ID and all that that you can just reuse from project to project. We should do a contest to see who can build an app that uses the most different, well, I guess, common consent entitlements. You know, <laughs> because what's cool is you know there's all these ones that Office 365 offers, but that that umbrella of Azure Active Directory kind of backing all of this allows me to connect into like infinite things, right? CRM online, I can go to Power BI, I can go to all these places. Um, I wanna see someone come up with this like really, you know, elaborate application that it's able to connect to all these different endpoints. So contest idea, <laughs> plant the scene. You know, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I've thought on that thread, not from a contest idea point of view, but I've thought about this from the point of view of if I am an ISV and I am creating software and I want to make more than one version of my software, maybe I have like the, the regular version, the pro version and the ultimate version, and they each allow me to access different things in the Office 365 environment, I could create a separate Azure Active Directory application for each one and permission each one differently to expose those different workloads associated with the version of my product. Yep. And, um, you know, some of the other things that we're going to wrap in eventually is, I mean, I know we've got the provisioning kind of down, but it, we're going to wrap some stuff around application lifecycle management specifically around this scenario too, which is exciting. So, you know, we're really going to use this as our kind of our hero for a bunch of different scenarios that people are asking for, like, well, how do you do this in an enterprise or how do you do this in a, you know, an ISV scenario for managing this dev test prod and continuous integration and unit testing and a kind of web and integration testing. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep pushing this, this out as we go forward as well. 
So, um, Todd, where can we see you next? What, where are you? What are you working on as we, um, you know, in terms of presenting in the next few months? Yeah. So, well, I was going to be at the Evo conference as well, but uh, since my house is uh, about about sold here and the move process is coming up, I wasn't able to make that one just on the timing with the move and how long it takes to get to London and back. Uh, but I will be heading out to the Build conference in three weeks, and I have two sessions there. Uh, the first one is all about Office 365 apps, and in that one, I'm pretty much going to teach people what is an Office 365 app, how do you get started building one, uh, what are your different authentication patterns and options you can use, and show some people some demos of just starting from scratch and building them up. And then I'm actually going to dig into the property inspection sample and show folks, hey, here's a real-world example of how you can do this and how we called the different APIs and kind of walk it through as much as I can in the one-hour session that I have there. Uh, as you know, it, it's kind of hard to talk about that uh, soup to nuts in a one-hour session. Yeah, uh, yeah, it gets rough. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of new things, new content, new concepts. And my second session is all about creating uh, iOS and Android apps uh, that interface and use Office 365 services. So I'm going to be co-presenting that one with uh, Josh Gavant from the Open Team. And we are going to be basically telling people, here's how you get started. Here's how you create an Xcode project and add the Cocoa Pods you need for uh, ADAL as well as Office 365 APIs. And here's a few different ways you can call services and show examples of interacting with SharePoint and Exchange and OneDrive. And we'll also be doing that exact same thing for Android and focusing on, on how you use Gradle to bring in your equivalent of a NuGet package, the APIs, and get up and running in the Android development as well. You know, what's really interesting is five years ago, I started doing sessions on mobile with SharePoint. And I can remember the first session I did on that was at a SharePoint Connections event in Orlando. And there were five people in the room who were interested in about it. Right. And now when I present sessions on mobile and office and SharePoint, the room is absolutely packed. Yeah, it's been interesting, and especially when we announced the SDKs back in kind of March of last year in preview and announced an RTM, which really then kind of got the ramp up um, in October at TechEd Europe. We've certainly seen a lot of ISVs jump on it where you know, they've already got existing mobile apps native on Android or native on iOS, and they want to be able to connect into our APIs to Rich's point, you know, to build on top of our platform and leverage the mail aspects or leverage contacts kind of files. And obviously, as we bring more entities into what's available inside our platform, you know, they'll be able to leverage more and more there too. And leveraging the authentication, that single sign-on experience across all devices, just um. It's massive. Yeah, it's huge. And the cool bit is, is it's not just Office. You know, then because you've got that Azure AD token, you know, you've got the ability there to start hooking into some of the other Azure services too. And I think that'll be the next big kind of, I guess, swing with the property inspector is starting to leverage some of those bits in the Azure 
kind of p- part of the stack too. Yeah, we sure have a lot of them planned, don't we? Yes, it's gonna it's gonna be a busy few months, I suspect. <laughs> after yep. let's get building night out of the way before and have a breath before we uh, start pushing that stuff though. Yep. Cool. Well, I really appreciate having you on the show. It's um, good to finally get you on here, and um, I really look forward to catching up with you in person at those two events, mate. And I'd highly encourage anyone that's listening, if you are attending Building Night either in person or virtually to definitely check out his sessions as well as, as I always say, anything that Richard presents, if, if you get the opportunity, go and see him because it's, um, it's great to see someone who's just kind of so in the weeds with the code, um, actually sharing his stuff and um, seeing how he demonstrates all the stuff he's been doing as well is, is, is really cool. Thanks for the plug. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts, Rich, as we get close to the build and ignite? Are you, I know you're ramping up on a bunch of stuff. There. Uh, it's it's a like you said it's a busy two months that are are coming up i think one of the things that i'm most excited about from a build standpoint is you know build they really encourage the presenters to spend a lot of time in code you know so a lot of times when you know i go to like a maybe it's tech ed or a, a sharepoint conference you have a decent amount of slides i think you know here the the for build it's kind of more around building code for for attendees and showing them how to actually do it so i'm excited about that and and it'll be my first build even though it's my team that owns it it'll be my first one so i think it's uh, todd's as well so excited to to be there yeah yeah i mean um there's gonna be a bunch of bars around what we're doing and there's gonna be a bunch of bars around some of the other divisions of microsoft as well which i'm really excited to see the reactions from people um during that week so um yeah, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be one of those ones where I think we'll be so pumped up in our own individual self of as we get closer to the point that it'll be nice to actually see the reactions on everyone for spaces and the keynotes and stuff as we start announcing these things as well. Yep. Cool. Well, um, we'll wrap up this show. We've got a bunch of shows coming in the next few weeks uh, where we'll be starting to you know, talk a little bit more about what went on at each of these events. So if you if you weren't able to attend and you want that kind of short summary, much like I did with Brian Jones at the Tech Ed Europe podcast I did with him, we'll get some stuff going. I'm, as I mentioned, going to be in London for Evolutions and I'm gutted that T-Bag, you're not going to be there because I would really like to have um, got you on the panel that I'm organizing. But um, we've got a bunch of fun guys that we're going to be talking about what they've been doing in Europe around Office 365 development as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting them on the panel and then, yeah, and then we'll have kind of summary shows on Build and Ignite with Rich and um, CJ and Sonia on the show too. So, um, yeah, I, I hope you're enjoying the shows. As I've mentioned in the past, if you go to our Yammer group, you know, yammer.com, WAC, IT Pro Network, there's a podcast group there that you can go and give your feedback on the show or raise any questions or topic requests you'd like us to go out and get and fetch. I suspect after Build and Ignite, you'll uh, – There'll be a bunch of questions you have that you want me to go and get answers from the engineering teams. And obviously, I've got a few things in mind, but um, I'd love to get some interest. I'm going to put some polls up over the next few weeks as we do announce these things on what things people are most excited about based on our announcements so I can prioritize the shows in that order and grab the engineers that I need to grab for those things. So, um, you know, I'd like to make this as interactive as possible on the show. It was really cool to meet a bunch of listeners in Sydney, and I look forward to meeting more of the listeners in uh, London and San Francisco and Chicago in the next few weeks. So please come and say hello to me. I will have plenty of swag to give out all three conferences. We've got some pretty amazing stuff to hand out. So definitely come and see me, um, even if it's not just to say hello, but like, wait, Jeremy, give me some swag. I'm, I'm going to have a bag full of stuff I'm carrying around with me throughout the weeks coming up. So um, thanks again, guys, and um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. 
All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com WACDEV, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group in the Office 365 Technical Network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.